how do you feel if I say to you that you need to be on camera more? There are different ways of getting your message, communicating your expertise to your paying audience or your want-to-be paying audience. You could write stuff in the form of LinkedIn posts or articles for magazines or just create blogs online. You could create audio content like audiobooks and also podcasts like this. And you could also be on camera. Now, the third thing, being on camera, tends to be the thing that most people feel shy about. They feel reluctant because they're not quite sure they have what it takes. And sometimes we overcomplicate video because we think we need a particular kind of camera. We need to be in a studio. We need to have people on a production team. And we need to learn how to edit. Now, interestingly, that isn't true because increasingly... With apps and AI, there are ways to actually use your phone as a studio to create compelling video content that you can use to generate leads. And my guest this week is Rob Glass. Rob's mission is to help content creators to make great video with their smartphones. And Rob has been in media for a number of years. In fact, he's presented and produced over 500 feature programs for BBC and he's gone on to work with publications like The Guardian as a masterclass trainer. Really interesting episode today. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. This is the show for people like you and me. If you're in the business of consulting, training, coaching, uh, lending your expertise to individuals and organizations for income, for money, then you're in the right place. Because every Thursday, we focus on the business of monetizing what you know and what you can share in the form of products, books, keynotes, courses, etc. Because this is a wonderful world to be in. And every Thursday, I'm privileged to have great guests on the show, authors, trainers, and they're willing to share their mission with you, how they make money, the kinds of things they do for the kinds of people who pay them and need them and hire them. And that's what the show is all about. If you've not yet subscribed, please click on follow or subscribe right now to be notified of great episodes as they come out. Rob, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's very exciting. Thank you. We've been trying to get this arranged for uh, quite a while. And when I first uh, contacted you, you were in the process of uh, setting up your business. So I think a nice place to start is your background, because you describe yourself on LinkedIn as a BBC trained video journalist, and you've produced over 2000 videos for broadcast. Um, And so you've drawn on your time as a trainer, and uh, you're now effectively helping people, I guess, like me and people listening, how to use the power of video to make great content. And sometimes it's, you know, it's easy to overwhelm yourself with tech and the choice of formats, etc. So today we're going to make things quite straightforward for people. You've got a couple of tips. And then I also want to dip into your uh, three things, your brand, your business and your backstory. Let's start with your backstory, though, first of all. Sure. Um, uh, So... uh, 
let's start with uh, my degree was mechanical engineering at uh, the University of Nottingham um, and I worked at uh, Rolls-Royce for a long time Um, but when when I was at university I joined the radio station and sort of something kind of just that fire was lit and going this is just fantastic Um, (laughs) and um, I did it with a friend and we just fooled around and it was just so different to engineering but I just I just loved it and there was something um, really sort of you know um, magical about it I don't know what it was but um, after a while of engineering I thought I, um, I got a chance to sort of work on a voluntary basis at the BBC local radio station and I kind of took the leap because I thought I've got to work in something I love doing um, and then there's that kind of the thinking of being in in the right place all the time <laughs> so I stayed there for a, for a good few years sort of learning the craft of um, how to make uh, radio broadcasts um, and presenting and producing and all that kind of thing and uh, which was just you know I was still just lo- loving it and then one day they were screen testing for a, the, uh, the regional TV weather presenter and I was there with my sort of friends sort of watching the screen going, oh, look at this one. Oh, oh. And they said, you have a go. I was going, no, that'd be too embarrassing. But enough people told me to have a go. So I went to have a go at the screen test. And because I knew my friend, I did it kind of as a joke, because I knew my friends were watching, I sort of goofed around a bit. And um, that sort of got me through to the finals. I ended up with the job. I went, oh, my goodness, I'm a, I'm a TV weather presenter. I'm not quite sure how that's happened, but this is <laughs> this is exciting and terrifying. Um, so yeah. that was my sort of door opened into, into the world of television. Um, and then a good few years later that sort of moved on from becoming a, um, a weather presenter into a features reporter. Um, and then they, sh- they, they had a new impetus um, called personal digital, produ- digital production, where they show some of us how to pick up a camera on our own, edit on our own, which was just, you know, it was, was jaw dropping. Because mm. when I started, the first outside broadcast had 16 people just doing different jobs to get this thing live. And they, they were bringing it down to sort of to one effectively, um, doing all, all the kind of jobs. One. And I think because my radio background, I loved it. Uh, so I became a trainer on that course as well, showing people how to sort of, you know, um, work with video um, and capture it all on your own. Um, and then uh, I did a voluntary thing for Bernardo's when I was at the BBC, you were allowed to do that. And we, I did a feature for them and I got I got more out of it than I was expecting because they ended up getting funding for the next year uh, for this project I'd helped them film. And I went, wow, I'd never really seen the power of video before, if you know what I mean. I'd done yeah. features and sort of managed to fill two minutes in the best way possible, but I'd not really seen the power to, to sort of get, you know, get this funding for these amazing things. So I, I couldn't really move back from that. So I, so yeah, as you mentioned, I set up on my own and started creating videos that way. Um, but then that's right. And then one day I was being shown around one charity, it was, it was um, a brain injury charity. And we were talking about getting funding for this quite convoluted idea. I couldn't quite understand. Mm. But, I, I, but as they were showing me around, they showed me in every room and every room was just, you know, just, just buzzing with the, 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 you know the the heart and soul of who they were um you know doing art classes and and all sorts and i just thought you what you need to do is you need to film those you've got to stop worrying about getting a grant and to get someone like me you need to be able to do that yourself and so and that that kind of that's when i went so I started to realize that videos are kind of right really it seemed unfair that they had to get a grant to get someone like me to tell those stories um i'm feeling so it again really now. So I, I, got, I got quite i got quite yeah. cross yeah sorry so you're about really democratization to use that big word yeah. helping putting power the power of video into people's hands as you as you say it and in fact yes. um i think where i heard about you was um as a master class trainer for the guardian now i've been to the guardian newspaper uh really high tr- highly trusted source of credible journalism and i've been to one of their classes and they're fantastic so it's quite a gig how did you actually get into the guardian to become a master class trainer um a good question um 
I think it's the same thing, being in the right place all the time again. I've, I've not really realised mm. it's a theme. Um, but yes, the, uh, the, the, there, were, there was a way to apply. Um, and I'd seen that the, 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 I, I was trained by this brilliant chap at the BBC and I'd seen he was doing them and had stopped doing them. So, you know, I'd, I'd, sort, of, I'd, I'd sort of sensed, oh, is there a kind of gap there uh, which I'd love to fill? So I just started writing writing to them. It took me, I think, a year to sort of eventually want, and, and they changed jobs as well, the people in charge. So let's get to start again. Yeah. I, think, I, th- I think it was really just, just persistence. Um, and then they said, well, you know, we'll, we'll settle down for a few months, get in touch in the new year. So on January the 3rd, I went, I'm here again. You know, how, how do we start? They said, oh, well, come on then. You're, you're clearly keen enough to do it. So, um, so what you do now is ins and out. Mm. you have a masterclass for the Guardian newspaper, which, um, as you say, um, helps people through a combination of smartphones and stories. And it's now online. Um, yeah. And you're also a LinkedIn learning instructor. So it sounds like um, you really understand the power of video. And um, also what it can do for trainers, people who have a training brand or a coaching brand, and they want to get across to people their message without a production team of 16 people. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, if we focus now on what you do currently, you, again, as a journalist, have been in front of the camera for thousands of hours. <laughs> and so what people need to hear, I guess, today is how do you actually make great content with your smartphone? I mean, if you haven't got a DSLR and, you know, people yeah. standing by, which is often the case at LinkedIn Learning, you know, where you yeah. have a production team and and all that kind of thing. You just want to get something into uh, or onto a platform like TikTok or LinkedIn or Facebook or something so people understand who you are and, and whom you serve. Um, why don't we focus on a couple of things you've shared? In fact, you've given me some tips. First of all, um, you said that it's really, really important to uh, engage with three tactics which help your audience. Let's Let's talk about those for a second. Uh, absolutely, yeah, um, and that's that's taken a good few years of sort of sort of um, chin rubbing and going. You know, what, I wonder what. Um, yeah, I wonder. I wonder how you did explain this. So, so back at the BBC when I was a trainer, I remember one chap. I'm, I'm backstepping, and I'll, I'll I'll start going forwards in a minute. Um, I remember one uh, chap we were training, and he had just had his head in his hands, looking at his laptop, and he, and he, he said, I, "I know how to film, and I know how to edit, but I just don't know what I'm doing." And I, I I tried to explain to him, and it took me all night. I went, "Well, you just descend from on top," and that wasn't a good enough explanation. And I just thought, is you know, is it just something you sort of you just learn by sort of just repeating it, and that's not good enough. I need to know how to how to teach it. So um, so that's what I, I started sort of stripping apart what what I do and what I think and trying to match a kind of um, a framework, I suppose, which is what you were just referring to. So that before I get to my th- three tips, um, I think I, th- I think there are two things to realise first. And the, the one is um, if I asked you what the most important thing um uh, about a video is to, to consider if you're tasked with making a video and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll say the audience because I've, I've asked that in polls on my online things and it's like a standard deviation thing. So about 80% say well the audience is the most important thing and I, I go I agree um, because if you lose your audience then whatever production values went in with your microphone and camera it, it will all amount to nothing because nobody's watching um, and then and then the, the sort of, I think also realizing that the video is, is not everything it's, it's a small sort of cog in a big chain what we really want to do is um uh, create um engage with our audience in in you know an engaging way of which video happens to sort of rule the roost um engage with the audience so they have uh, some kind of positive reaction you know they, they, they're compelled to do something and whatever that 
positive thing is it changes the world. So actually, we're not making a, a video. We're, we're, we're trying to change the world for the better. So if we're an instructor, we're trying to teach people what to do so they can sort of gain the benefits. It's kind of what happens afterwards is the main thing. So I think that takes the pressure off the video making a little bit and sort of opens the door to using smartphones and what have you. Um, the second part of that is the snag with this audience is if I was, and I ask people a lot, how long would you watch an unsolicited video for? Um, it's a litmus test of how polite people are, I think. So some will say 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and I go, really? And some will go, less than one second. I said, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm around about three seconds. So um, about three not, seconds before yeah, someone loses interest in a video. Uh, uh, well, yeah, not necessarily loses interest, but I, I sort of phrase it as, as possibly loses interest, but ask that question going, am I mm. going to invest my time in this or am I not? You know, so it gets their finger, you know, poured, you know poised over the... Um, the pause button, I suppose. Um, um, and so, so yes, yeah, so my three tactics are sort of dealing with that. We need to keep the audience, they've got three seconds attention. So this is how we deal with it. And I, I've sort of stripped it down to sort of three parts. And I think the first part um, is uh, what, what we sort of call good manners. So the, the framing of the shot, the focus, the light, uh, the, the colouring of the shot um, needs to sort of emulate how people see the world. It needs to be crisp. You know, if you, if, if you, if you start to make it blurry and, um, and um, you could start to lose your audience that way. That's kind of the eyes. Uh, then there's kind of the, the audience's brain as well. They've got the logical side of their brain. So they, they, they would appreciate a balanced, um, I'm sorry, a, um, a steady or a level shot, um, no, no shaking around, no zooming. So that's why shaking camera can kind of put people off a bit because it can make them feel a little bit sort of seasick. Uh, and then the third side of that is the creative side of the brain. So a nice balanced shot using rules of thirds and using some sort of aesthetics like that is, is, is what I call good manners. So if we can shoot like that all the time uh, and not, and not throw the camera around trying to capture everything, just uh, filming in considered shots, then that's one way to get the audience to that point, be it three seconds or whatever. Um, the second tactic, if, <laughs> if, if that's okay, I'm on a bit of a roll here. Um, um, is is at that three seconds we change the shot so we use different ingredients we don't have to just use shots of a certain thing happening and I think there's sort of seven or eight different ingredients we can use we, uh, uh, and it's not just a tack it's not just a, a subtle tactic to re-engage um, the audience to sort of you know get, you know rebuy that attention span reset their attention um, it's how we see the world so we see the world by talking to people we see the world by them talking back to us so we've got kind of talking heads and narration is part of our world so we sort of emulate that in our video making um, what what we call cutaways or b-roll there's got lots of names I don't like any of them stuff happening I want it to be called so um yeah you know looking out and about we see that we hear music uh we can have um we look at computers a lot so screen capture um and, and graphics you know like we could read a newspaper we could you know see people's names and things so if we use all those different ingredients we can keep resetting hmm. the audience's attention but for that we need to edit um, but that's not a big deal, not such a big deal anymore. And the last tactic is the, the simplest, but the biggest one, I think, is knowing what genre of video we're trying to make. So if you if you were just a trainer, you might just find yourself wanting to give people information going, this is how this software works. And that's how you engage with that person, because that person wants to know how this software works. Um, the, the second sort is... Um, a performance of some sort, so a, a choral performance or someone doing, um, you know, a, a, a bicycle jump or something. <laughs> that's yeah, like an exhibition or a demo or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might just want to capture that, and that's quite straightforward as well. But the 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 yeah. the, the you know the be the best I think is is storytelling. So it, it's stories where the actual engagement happens and um, people get drawn in. And so just just and I think everyone knows a story has a beginning and a middle and an end and a, a hero and conflict. So we make sure. 
when we're compiling our video, we, we match that. So actually we're telling them a story. So our audience stays with us to the end, hopefully has that positive reaction, um, and goes on to, you know, change things for the better. So in, in all of those things, I've never really said, and the most important thing is the, um, the, 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 the lens definition, you know, the camera definition that you've chosen to use. I think that's, that's, that's nice. But, um, the, the important thing is the audience and they, what they, I don't know an audience that goes, I wonder what camera that was shot on. They just think, is this, is, is this story? <laughs> there always are people out there who are perhaps a bit techie and <laughs> yeah. want to yeah. talk. And yeah. I think if I could just echo something mm. of what I've heard here, um, speaking from my own experience, I know I've spent literally over the years, maybe in the low thousands in terms of, worrying about the camera to use and then, mm. you know, um, having the right lighting. And I actually invested in a lot of things for a home studio. Would you believe I never used most of it? So mm. goodness for, for people like you can help us to say to ourselves, it's not about the technology. It's not about the camera. It's about the content. It's about caring about your audience. What do they need to hear? How yep. can you help them? And so the three tactics to distill them um, are, are the good manners, C considering your audience's requirements, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's on TikTok or something mm. else, you have to work out which platform works for you. But figuring out the way to relay your message to people in a way that helps them do something. And I know that when I've helped someone do something, there's a feeling of reciprocity. People want to give something back. It could be that they feel obliged or willing to sign up to a newsletter or subscribe to something or send me something, download something, etc. Uh, the second thing is changing shot. So I guess this speaks to the fact that these days, many people have a very short intention span. They, they want to do something uh, with their hands or look out the window. We, we need them to keep focused on the screen. And so therefore, we've got to keep changing the shot, whether it's a, a text overlay or a graphic or something that... Um, gives them something to look at. And if people are just looking at you or listening to you drone on or me for two minutes, they'll lose attention. So I guess we live in the, the TikTok age where there's something happening on the screen every couple of seconds, whether it's a new angle or a, an overlay, a graphic, some text, something that just keeps people engaged. And the third thing you said was, was the format, which could be giving people information, do this, do this, do this, like a checklist or telling a story. So if I say to you, w the videos that you've released over the years, and, and um, you, when you've trained people to do this, which are the most effective kinds of stories or kinds of information videos? Um, that, that's, a, that's a wonderful question. Um, I do remember uh, back when I was at the BBC reading um, a book called, called Story by Robert McKee, um, which was about script writing, really. Um, but, uh, and I, I, was, I was trying to write a, a, a radio script, as one does. And I suddenly went, oh, stories, mm, mm. And then I suddenly, it was, it was like, why didn't someone just tell me this right at the start? I was, so I was, I was doing this feature about um, an art installation. And I just thought, oh, I know, I'll try and tell it as a story. And it was just, it, and it, I, it was so obvious. I, don't, I just don't know why it took me so long to, to put the storytelling and my work together. Perhaps, perhaps I'm just too slow out of the blocks I don't know um, but the whole thing just really really worked I, I, instead of just going they did this they did this and this I, I made sure there was a hero and I made sure there was some conflict you know would, would it be a success and then and just set it out in the kind of story structure so so that was when I realized um sort of how 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 powerful a story is and then and then went so, so I suppose the quick answer to your question is 
um, whatever I'm trying to do, I will try and see if there's a way to tell a story. So the, the thing I didn't say was if you're just giving information about, um, about uh, how to use a certain bit of software that could still be twisted in, you know, you just turn slightly going, have a hero, you know, you want to achieve this, what's stopping you and just, just lay it out as a story mm. as well. So you can kind of bring storytelling into, into all the, into the, into all the parts. Um, and I've got, a, I've got a kind of um, a, a free version of what we're talking about now in videos, uh, which I'll tell you about in a bit. Um, but I've actually set those out uh, in, there's about, 12 different modules and they're set out as a story as well. Sort of what I said, you know, this is what we're up against. This is how we're going to get around it. And then, um, so there's kind of storytelling beyond the storytelling, I suppose. Um, so, so if, yes, if we uh, give people some tips, um, to mm-hmm. just practically take out their smartphone right now and film something without overthinking, um, and I think often that's a hurdle for people. They're reluctant to film something in case it's not good enough or yeah. isn't, you know, shiny or professional, and I'm intrigued because I see many, many people producing great videos without all the wonderful tech gadgetry. They just take out their phones, film mm-hmm. something, upload that thing. What tips would you give people to remove this fear of producing something that they think isn't good enough? Just take out the phone and, and film something. What would that tip be? Um, I, I, and I know that fear. And I think, um, um, yeah, I said it the first time I started as a, as a TV weather presenter, I was absolutely petrified. My left leg was shaking so much. Honestly, I thought, I'm in trouble. I was trying to stay clouds coming in across Derbyshire. Um, and I thought, if my right knee goes, I'm going to be the first weather presenter to actually disappear out of shot because I've got, I can't put any weight on this left one. So I've, I've kind of seen that fear sort of firsthand. And that's, that's, um, but that's just being in front of camera, which has its own kind of, you know, um, sort of mm. alarm bells ringing, I suppose. Um, and, and I imagine if, if someone was wanting to do that, that's the first thing we think about. Are we going to film ourselves saying something? Um, which, which it doesn't have to be, I don't think. Um, um, I, th- I think. Knowing how to edit is is the, the biggest thing um, because I, I think there's a kind of a fear involved when you have to hand the footage over to someone else and you're not quite sure which bit they're going to use. So you're trying to make each bit good. But when you know you can mess up and you're going to definitely use the best bit, um, I think the, the pressure sort of dissipates a little bit because, you, you know, you're in charge and you, you're not going to let anything go that you're not happy with. So that kind of a kind of a closed loop thing because I think it helps you relax when you realize that's happened. So whatever mm. you do in front of camera is kind of okay as well. Um, but also I think there's, there's, there's something else. If, if we can get past that kind of, um, you know, making things shiny, which, which we should do, um, which I, I, I don't necessarily see. Um, I remember when I was, was a professional, uh, just all I did was the professional corporate stuff. I was talking to the, my camera supplier, and they said, oh, you need this new one. They were all about £5,000, and they said, they're changing every seven months now. And I'm going, this is this is silly. <laughs> and, and, and the work I was doing was kind of just very much um, sort of caged because it all required a budget and, and a, you know, and setting up. Um, but there's, there's this, there's this um, huge power in self-generated video, I think, where we can, because there's no none of those constraints, we can take it to new places. So I, I, would, I suppose my advice would be not to try and copy what everyone else is doing, um, but to try and think about what, where, where could you take it that's sort of a, a whole new world. I think there's a whole kind of world of all, authenticity and sort of, you know, heartfelt sort of pureness. So these are practical tips, I mean, to get people into the, a zone where they feel encouraged mm. and... Uh, willing just to take something right now and film it and just upload it without thinking about it too much, what would the tips be? Um, well, it was a tip I learned when I was, I, 
I, I took five years out from the BBC at Channel Five News, where I was a weather presenter there, and I quite often ended up quite often ended up just on my own. So I, I got a l- very small tripod. I um, this is extremely technical. I got a, a teddy bear worked best if you can get one of those, um, and I made sure it was the same height as me, and I'd put the t- teddy bear on a tripod where I was going to stand. And then I go back to my, um, it was a camera then, but I'll go back to my smartphone and just press and hold on the screen. Um, so it locks where the teddy bear's face is. Um, and make, make sure you press and hold. Otherwise it might just jump around when you get out and get back in. And then, it, then, then you've got a locked focus. You've got locked exposure and everything's just locked into that, um, crisp, well-mannered shot. And then I make sure the teddy bear <laughs> moves to the side and I move in where it was and film that way. And, um, that way I know I'm going to get an, an you know, a, a, a well mannered um in, in focus shot um it's, it's extremely technical i haven't sold that uh, <laughs> that technique to the industry yet well i'll tell you what i've used um quite recently i use software called loom and uh it it works with your webcam or your inbuilt camera on your laptop or your desktop and um i can literally record a small circle with me in mm-hmm. it plus my screen at the same time so i could film a workshop presentation and then guide people through it. They can see me as well as the screen or PowerPoint presentation or whatever deck that is at the same time. And then I download that. And, and these days platforms or software like loom allow you to add uh, effects. AI, for example, generates um, scripts or, or subscript text overlays automatically. And you can also add some effects to have a fade in or fade out. And all of this stuff used to be the stuff that could only be done by, you know, highly trained professionals using complex software. And, and that's, I think, really exciting for people listening right now who are thinking, could I produce something that's good enough? And the answer is, yes, you could. You could use Loom. Uh, it's free. Uh, you can film five-minute videos for free. And after that, you, you pay more. The second thing, of course, is is using your phone, which is what you're referring to, Rob. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Again, you know, many, increasingly, some phones are just amazing with with the the depth of shot they have. And um, I filmed a few, and they're not perfect, but they're good enough. Mm -hmm. That's the point. They're good enough to get out there. So there are kinds of videos where you just want people temporarily to engage. You want to deliver a message on LinkedIn. LinkedIn loves videos when they're native. In other words, they're Mm -hmm. not off platform. So if you upload your video directly to LinkedIn, it tends to get a higher uh, viewer number than if it's something on your website, because that's how the algorithm works on LinkedIn. But if you want something more permanent, like a corporate video, then you might find yourself uh, working with a team of people. Um, You might not, you might at some point in the future. And that would mean where you have someone running the, the teleprompter, where you're reading your script from your screen, and looking into a camera and someone else perhaps on the desktop editing software or editing your content afterwards. And so that, that's fine if, if you want to get into high-end corporate training videos. But for the point is, for most of us, actually, we can create content with, with the phones that we have, right, Rob? And, and honestly, the phone quality these days is exceptionally good compared to, say, four or five years ago. And this is what you help people with, right? Um, absolutely. Um, the, the phone quality absolutely is, 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 is stunning. Um, you know, 4K or 8K, it, it matches the professional cameras. Um, you, you can't, 
you know, if you're going to use a professional camera, you get more control over the lens or anything. But is that a good thing? Is that making things too complicated? Or, you know, with a phone, you're just away. I was doing some training the week before last with some postgraduate students. And we, this was the second time we ran it. Um, and we realized that it was just these, these, the scripts they tried to memorize were just too much. So I had a look at te- that, that prompted me to have a look at teleprompters. I got one for about a hundred pounds and we had a teleprompter working. And I actually, there was no one, they were controlling themselves with a little button and it was working fine. Just, just uh, filming on a phone, but the phones, you know, this, this was, inconceivable when I was at television a, a camera that could edit as well but that's the other side of it the, the phone can edit um, with free editing apps like CapCut or VN um, sorry could you mention those again please sorry yeah yeah the, the ones I favour are CapCut C-A-P-C-U-T C-A-P-C-U-T yes okay um, and that's run by the um, the people that make TikTok. Um, so it's it's ah. all kind of, uh, you know, meshed together. And then there's another one, just two letters, V and N, which is very similar. Um, um, but all your footage is on the phone. So you can, you know, it's it's immediate. You can you can edit it then as long as you you know which way you're trying to do it. Um, and and they have just taken a major leap, leap forward relatively recently. That, As you mentioned, the subtitles, that's another part of good manners, making videos accessible. Um, um that suddenly leapt into um, being sort of driven by AI and, and really, you know, if you give it 20 seconds to analyse your video, it gets gets something really close. And then you just, you know, correct a few capital letters or something. And you've got your subtitles, which used to take me an hour, a minute when I used to work on it on my own. So you, you mentioned all those professional sides that they're kind of there as well in a kind of stripped down version, should you need mm. them. So it's all a, a really exciting time sort of, sort of to be, immersed in it all it is yeah i mean you have this stuff the audience wants to watch that's the thing that's the thing isn't it i mean you you have we have both have our like a mobile studio now in our phones with uh ability to produce 4k 8k high quality footage um we can buy mics i have a mic that attaches to my lapel uh, sometimes called a lavalier mic and i also have a roadie shotgun mic which uh, sits above my screen which people can see or if i'm recording audio only it's a roadie mic. So you can get mics for quite cheap. Um, audio is a big thing, of course. There's no point having great footage and people not mm. being able to hear you properly. And then with lighting, I think a lot of great videos are filmed with natural lighting, which is why many people film outside. So the point I'm making here is, as we wrap up mm. here, there isn't a lot in your way. There isn't a lot preventing you right now listening to this to create compelling video with your smartphone. Um, you've got software that Rob mentioned, you've got capcut.com um, and a few others. We'll provide all links, of course, to today's episode over at trainingbusiness.com. But I think that the last thing I would think of is courage. It's it's having the courage to say, mm-hmm. I've got something I want to share. It may not be the prettiest video, but if you focus on the audience and you want to help them, then this will help remove any fear. It's not about what you think or how you feel. It's about how your audience feel about you. And if you want to get that message across and hopefully generate leads, uh, get people signing up for your content or buying your products as, as a trainer, as a coach, you need to get uh, some content out there. And I think video, as well as a podcast, of course, is is the way to go. Rob, where can people find out more about you? My website uh, is called makegreatvideo.com. Um, so 
in um, quotation marks, make great video should go straight there or www.makegreatvideo.com. And all over that, it's just, it's just this free masterclass, just um, sort of laying out what we've just been discussing today. So, um, you know, fantastic. Lovely. And of course um, you have a LinkedIn learning course and uh, people can click on that and watch you. And if people are in town in London, they can go along to the, Masterclass at the Guardian. Rob, it's been my pleasure thanking, uh, talking to you today and, and thank you so much for being my guest on the show. Uh, uh, on the contrary, absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for your interest and it's been, <laughs> I think you've gathered lovely talking about it. <laughs> my sincere thanks to Rob Glass for being my guest this week on the show. And as always, you can find all links mentioned over on the website, www.trainingbusiness.com. And Rob has also mentioned a couple of links where you can find out more about his masterclass online. And Rob's LinkedIn profile is simply Rob Glass. His free live masterclass is actually on his LinkedIn profile, and you can find out more about that. Any questions, please drop me a line, mark at trainingbusiness.com. Otherwise, I look forward to your company again next Thursday, when there will be, of course, a fresh episode on your podcast platform of choice. Until then, look after yourself. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.